Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. They've got the draft analysis that you've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the power to top the table and even up the score. <laughs> Take us down. Welcome to Saturday Draft Live. Yes, this is Saturday Draft Live, episode number 98. <laughs> uh, I am your host today, Scott McLeod, and joining me is a man who never let me host when it was just me and him doing the show together. He is the Jezebel that is trying to come between me and Graham McGrobby on East Meets West and is anxiously awaiting the new Hawkeye series starring Stephen Amell. It is David Campbell. Please do not think of me as the Yoko Ono. Of East Meets West. Think, think of me as the George Harrison of East Meets West. You guys will always be John and Paul, but everyone knows that I am the talented, attractive guitarist behind that merry group. And that's all I'm going to say on it, Scott. I'll get my invite eventually, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, keep, keep playing. I'm sure it's in the post someday. <laughs> But we're here to bring you all the great draft analysis that you're used to. And we go into the top three of the week. And we have a, a bit of a tie for third and second year. Uh, we have two AEW players, both at eight points apiece after last night's Rampage Grand Slam. We have CM Punk on Graham McRobbie's team. And we have Adam Cole Bay Bay. And... Both doing very well, both big wins on last night's uh, Rampage. It's a subject we're going to go into uh, later on, right? like the, how the AEW picks have been performing. But David, you know, me and David Tottenham were saying the other week about weren't sure if you know, Brian Cole or Punk, who was really going to be the best performer overall uh, this season with a new, like, say, in East AEW. Looking at the Easter, who do you think uh, those three could potentially you know, gain the most wins? Because you had. Brian and a featured spot on Dynamite, but he's nowhere in the top three. Yeah, I think it's uh, well. Brian got a draw, which we rarely see in the draft, you know. Um, and it doesn't get you those winners points, but it doesn't lose you points. It's somewhere in the middle. I think when you look at Cole and Punk, there was a lot of discussion pre-season about whether Punk would be a good first round pick. But eight points this week takes him to thirty-two overall. He's third for the season. It's, he's proved a masterstroke from Grant McRobbie at this point. Um, I don't know how long it will continue. Obviously, a match against Powerhouse Hobbs on TV is a good pickup, especially when we heard early doors that it was mostly going to be wrestling in pay-per-view matches. That being said, I think that Adam Cole will prove to be the steal of the season going forward. I think considering the round that Cole was drafted in, the risk factor that came with uh, drafting Adam Cole, and the fact that I think when all is said and done, Adam Cole will wrestle more matches this season than CM Punk will, and it's unlikely that they're going to have him lose or take a pin early doors, so... To answer your question, Scott, I think Adam Cole 
by the end of the season, will be the one to rise above Punk, but we'll just have to wait and see how things shape out in the end. He's got with Punk, he's got probably, he's more, more than likely going to be at full gear wrestling match, probably as part of this whole team, Taz, however long that continues mm. on. I do think he will continue to be highly valued in the seasons going forward at a first, maybe second round pick, although I don't mm. think every season it will pay off as well as it has for Grant so far. Whereas Adam Cole, I agree with you, because his next match has already been announced. He's on next week's Dynamite with mm. Jungle Boy. So I think given he's so new and he now he's part of the Elite and they want to keep the Elite fairly strong, uh, now the addition of Cole, then yeah, he's going to prove to be a highly valuable player this season. But yeah. this week, a surprise, I think, uh, number one. You know, Somebody I don't think we've seen the top three that often. The got picked quite a bit you know, in previous seasons. I don't know if she was really picked when she donned her new superhero persona last season, but you no, know, <laughs> superhero, but she's now number one in the top three with 10 points. It is Nikki. Someone incorrectly put this as Nikki Cross. It is Nikki A-S-H. Uh, who saw this one coming, Scott? Like, honestly, who saw this one coming? I think Nikki A-S-H has shocked everybody by getting uh, this tag team title win and the fact that then, then she cost me more points when she went over to SmackDown last night and beat Natalia. Steve, you look at the, his, the history of the women's tag team titles in the draft and it's been a sort of mixed bag. But I go back to that season, the Goat Tones one with Naya and Shayna and even the season before, Naya and Shayna were top performing picks for me. When you get a, a women's tag team title reign where they go across two brands and they're protected well, it can prove very, very good for your draft points. She got 10 points this week, takes her to 20 uh, overall for the season and if you actually look at Nikki Cross's like historical uh, record in the draft the most points that she has ever got was 35 points when she was picked in season 2 so she's actually well on her way to topping what was her best ever draft season performance way back in day um, at this early stage I think Stephen is salivating at the thought that he's going to get Nikki Cross across both brands when Let's be honest, I don't think that Stephen saw her as a pick that was going to draw a lot for his team. I think he saw her as a sort of anchor for the team, a sort of bottom feeder who might get him a couple of things if he was lucky. Um, but to be honest, like with Stephen, for a pick that not many of us saw as being fruitful, it's proved a very, very good for him so far. Yeah, as and you know, I might continue like. It looks like they're going to continue. You know, they've still got Shotzi and Tegan in the background. You know, mm. beat Natalia and Tamina three times and get a title shot. Nikki and Rhea beat them once they get a title shot. Like, it's just unfair. But, you know, it is oh, amazing how yeah. up and down the uh, the women's tag titles can be. And that's how I was kind of hesitant before I ended up with the tag team I've got. I was hesitant about picking another women's tag team because I had two last season with mixed mm. success. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. And this is... This is the risk you take with the WWE women's division, not even the women's tag division, the women's division as a whole. It, it's hard to tell who's going to get points and where. Because, for example, look at my team. I have Natalia. She's been on TV quite a lot. But because she's lost basically every time she's been on telly, she's only picked up one point this season. 
like which must be a record for like least amount of points with most appearances like it's actually outstanding so fair play to Stephen it'll probably continue it might be a thing that when all is said and done we could be looking at and saying that's the thing that maybe won Stephen Wilson his third title but objectively and subjectively I hope that is not the case <laughs> and you got to think that's worse you know someone appearing but not getting any points it's worse than like because some people have got picks who haven't shown up uh, so far this season and we've had that before where you get a point who you get somebody who scores you zero points like you got uh, Graham McRobbie who got Dakota Kai still mm. on like fat zero for the season yeah. as a, like the Miz for, for Stacey and Stephen's still got Adam Page on his team that's still to make a big return this season it could happen so well, I think I think he was hoping it would happen this week uh, with the Grand Slam shows uh, going on in AEW. I think that's what he was sort of banking on. But the big one for me, Scott, and I think we need to have a chat with Stephen because surely Dancing with the Stars is a televised television show. Like, surely Stacey should be getting <laughs> mega points for this this season. <laughs> that's a whole other discussion we need to be having. But for now, we'll be discussing the top uh, 15, I almost said top 10, as it was that, but no, this is the top 15 uh, the season here. Mm-hmm. And we look, uh, speaking of Stacey, you know, without those missed points, she does retain her spot in last place on 33 points with the Nikki Barden Bellas. Uh, Ryan Gallagher with 38 points, just ahead of her. Uh, Northmen, Southmen, Comrades all. Uh, go hard or go home. Unfortunately, JP hasn't gone home yet. He's still in. <laughs> He's not going hard either. <laughs> It's a discussion between him and his lady friend, or whoever. Uh, <laughs> and 39 points in 12th place. Uh, Jack Graham and the two hit wonders. Uh, Daniel Campbell to the head on, on 42 points. Pretty fly for a Paul Heyman guy. Ryan Gallagher. Uh, Ryan Dalglish uh, up next with 45 points. Hire me, Stephen. You don't get paid for this. You can't really be hired. Uh, a bit of a jump with Team Vistera. Gary often a favourite. Uh, viewers and favourite some of ours here on that I do draft live, but a bit, lot lower than you'd expect him to be, you know, given his past you know, success in the draft. Uh, Graham McRobbie, a lot of thanks to ACM Punk, is ahead of him on 55 points, the second city Saints. And seventh, we have Alan McLucas with the Montel Vontavious Porters on 62 points. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> One point ahead of him is David Hockney with 63 points, the West End Country Club. And then we get into the top five, where we have tied for, with 68 points as Team Goat, yourself, and Team uh, Word that Sarah says far too often over the last few years in the podcast. Uh, then we jump up to number three, 75 and a half points average, Samoa Joes with Stephen Wilson. As we said, all of that has to do down to Nikki Cross's stellar performance this week. And then we have glamorous indie rock and roll on 80 points, with my brother Ross in second place. But number one, and honestly, I could brag, but legit, I don't know how I'm doing so well. I legit don't know how this has happened. On 85 points, Isaac Draftham, my team, helped by the fact that John Moxley won on Rampage last night in the latest out match. Mm. But although if he, if he lost, I would have said that shouldn't count as a loss. It's not a sanctioned match, but he won, so I'm counting it. Wow. And it would have, would have helped if Liv Morgan had won last night on SmackDown, but you know, she's still got that Extreme Rules match. Uh, the match goes against Carmella. I think, and I said this in the chat. If you win this season, it's the most impressive draft win ever. 
and you would be worthy of being uh, the first ever three-time winner of the draft because you drafted 14th out of 15 people, mate. Like, and you still, the big one was Miro. People slept in Miro, but you got him the transfer window last season. You saw how good he could be. But see if you look at the strength of the rest of your team. Moxley's on a roll. You've got Baker Stable, like, all in there every time they appear. And then you've just, the thing with the draft is you need to hit the sweet spot of the moment. And you've got Kayleigh Ray, who they're building up for title contention, and Liv Morgan, who's getting a programme right now and a pay-per-view match. Like, you, I do think the odds are, stacked against you in the sense that there are other teams who right now are maybe underperforming and could make a surge. I'd maybe include myself in that because my big hitters are, are not really performing the way I'd like them to be right now. Having said that, if Miro keeps up, if Moxley keeps up, if everything keeps like firing in all cylinders for you, I think we could be looking at a very special win uh, in this the 10th season of the draft for you, Mr Scott McLeod. Yes, the thing with this, uh, I'm looking in a season with in a season that has two AEW papers, have a AEW heavy team. Mm. So I'm expecting like we're in a bit between Extreme Rules and Crown Jewel, a bit of a lull for my season. Maybe I'll drop down a couple of places yeah. and then like, make my way back up when full gear comes around. And then that's like I think seventh or the thirteenth of November. Then a couple of clear survivors to you. So I just need to hope I do strong enough at Extreme, uh, not Extreme Rules, at full gear. That I can just hold my, my spot for a couple more weeks, but you know yeah. that's all not always uh, that easy. But yeah, four four teams. I don't know how I'm doing this well. Well, I'd, like yeah, I think I got lucky with the W picks I got. I mean, getting Miro. I'm slightly nervous about the match with Sammy Guevara, but I'm not too nervous that I'm not going to take the captaincy like often. I'm going to keep on Miro. I do have some faith in the Redeemer. Next week, Rebel was somebody I was unsure of when I picked her in the last round. Like you said, she appears all the time with, with uh, Jamie Hayter and Brett Baker, and like because my other choice was going to be Roderick Strong, who won the Cruiserweight title this past week. Mm. But then I looked at the uh, points here. Roderick Strong is on ten points now in the season. Kaylee Ray, my other NXT pick, is on eight points, and Rebel's currently on six points right now. So not that much of a difference if I'd picked Roderick Strong. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think, to be honest, I think you've made the right, right calls at the right time. We'll just need to see how it goes from there. But Scott, like pe- the people have been waiting for something in this episode. So would you would you mind if I was to break down everyone's favourite part of the show and break down the top five of the listeners' league, if that's okay? I would not feel right filling in these shoes, so you go right in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's our favourite time of the Bastard Week. It's the Listeners League, and here are your top five. Uh, we've got Jamie the Hickey Hickman um, with a mark in his neck, but making a mark in the table. Uh, he's in fifth place with the Hollywood Dreams. Uh, a Hollywood Dream would be to make it to the draft itself, because as everyone knows, the Losers League is for losers uh, and Jamie Hickman is fifth in that particular table uh, Michael Clothier uh, his team name is Craig's and Ass now an inside joke in the listeners league must be what it's like to go inside Stephen Wilson's asshole it's not a place I want to be it's not a thing I want to under- 
stand and I don't really care who the fuck Craig is. Tom Brock with homesickness is 97 points. Tom has never been a member of ESSR, but for some reason he keeps getting mentioned on our airwaves. Um, I hope he doesn't win so that trend doesn't continue and we have to invite him to Saturday Draft Live. Tom Brock, if you're listening, which I know you are because you're obsessed with me, it's a pleasure to play into you once again uh, Dan Axel Jameson uh, with the CM Drunks quite a good team name uh, but we don't condone alcohol abuse here at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet um, please seek help uh, Axel being his middle name should tell you all you need to know uh, Curtis Axel, Michael Begolicotti uh, both shit, still the same person with different names, maybe he will carry on that legacy of shitness in the listeners league and then in first place we have Matt Smith, former doctor Doctor Who uh, with the booty woes uh, falling on from the news this week that Russell T Davis will be coming back to the helm uh, means more of the same and more of the same that we've seen in years past the Listers League is the same thing it's more of the same it's the same old shit every week and no one really cares about it so back to you in the studio Scott McLeod well thank you very much David riveting as always and um, we go now to something I wanted to talk about uh, this week. We I want to talk, you know, given how I somehow managed to maintain like the top one or at least stay in the top three as I have the last few seasons. I think a lot of that has to do with the performance of my AEW picks and how hot AEW seems to be right now with Dynamite and Rampage. Mm. As I said before, this is a season that has two AEW pay per views in there, one that really kicks off season and one really close to the end, right before the Survivor Series. And I think it's reflected in the, the draft itself because you know, 39% of the points you know, drafted this season have come from AEW picks. So more AEW picks than Ross, Matt Denori, or NXT uh, this particular season. So I think a lot of other people have seen the, the value of AEW this season. Uh, also, Miro is the top performing AEW pick right now with Simon Vonk being in second, but do you think it's as simple as that? You know, the the fact that there's two AEW, you know, pay-per-views, the scenes why people have went back to AEW this being kind of that well more than an Etsy and NXT as they may have had in the past, or do you think, and who do you think right now other than likes of me or Punk that we've mentioned, do you think right now is the standout, you know, draft picks? Going to the reason for it, I think the pay-per-view thing is a, is a big reason because you have to balance it out. We're still waiting on WWE pay-per-views really having an impact this season while AEW have already had that chance. So obviously that's going to skew the numbers a wee bit in the figures. But I think it also goes down to We've got to go back to the history of Saturday Draft Live, Scott, because we sat in this show years ago, and this is still on the Patreon, saying that AEW picks might not be the best idea because the booking of the company can still sometimes be a bit nonsensical. The AEW product has got better as this draft has progressed over the seasons. We're now in season 10, and we're talking about AEW as being definitively one of the greatest wrestling products currently on the planet, and we're talking about AEW that doesn't have those problems that it did in the early seasons. Booking is more consistent. Stories are being told. They now have Dynamite and Rampage, where your big hitters are going on. So, of course, your big main event players are going to perform a bit better. Where the failure of AEW comes in in the draft is when you're picking people who might not necessarily appear a lot in these 
these bigger shows. You look at the likes of Red Velvet only picking up 1.2.0, only picking up 4 points. Jade Cargill only picking up 6. If you go for the big hitters with AEW, you will be rewarded. However, if you go for the bottom feeders with the, the, any dark uh, being now ruled out of the draft, you're not going to get the reward for that. Outside of the obvious contenders, I think Gary has been a big Excalibur fan. Uh, that's obviously an easy answer because it's going to be consistent points. But I think the other ones you've got to look out for, Scott, you've got to look at Sammy Guevara. Now, going into this season, I wasn't sure how good a pick that would be, but now he has a TNT title match, and even if he loses to Miro, I've got the feeling that won't be the end of the story. He's a young, up-and-coming talent who they're clearly behind, and I think it is someone who will pay off in terms of points at some point in the season and climb a bit further up than he currently is. Um, the other one that I find very interesting is Andrade El Idolo, because I don't think we've really seen him kick into his full potential in AEW just yet. I know that he wants to play around with some other companies. He's recently cut ties with Chavo Guerrero because Chavo is going off to be the wrestling consultant um, on a television show, uh, I believe. I forget the show that he's been particularly going on to help with that. Um, but it shows that... Think what was that? that? Sure. Uh, the, the Stephen Amell one. No, uh, Young Rock, the one about ah, Rock. Right, the Dwayne one. Right, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Well, that's that shows you what the point I would make would be the fact that they didn't want to take both Andrade and Chavo off TV, and it was just like, right, we need to get Chavo written out this story, shows that there's a lot more to play in with Andrade El Idolo in the, the, the not-too-distant future in AEW. They've clearly got stories planned, so I'd say those were the picks that we'd need to look out for for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about the influx of non-wrestling commentator picks this season. Mm. I think, uh, given the the feud that Punk's in right now, Jack may have made a smart choice with Taz. Taz will be commentary, and then he'll be probably doing promo segments with the other members of Team Taz, or at least company like of Hobbs or Ricky Starks to the ring uh, for their matches. So I think appearance-wise, Taz actually might be a lot more valuable than we may have uh, given credit for. Orange Cassidy, I think every season he's, he seems to be on the cusp of being one of the top, you know, scorers. He's in the top six of the EW wrestlers, you know, below the likes of John Moxley and Pumpkin, that people like that. But also, like in the past, when we look at the tag teams, EW's had a well of like great tag teams to pick from. And in the past, the Young Bucks were a high-scoring team. Uh, but I think this season, the Lucha Brothers are going to take that spot with 100%. the out. They beat. Joan Blade on Rampage, they were in a big eight-man tag match uh, last night, so I think those guys aren't going to drop the tie titles uh, time soon, so I think this season, uh, Sarah's going to do very well to uh, do very well with the Lucha Bros. I think she should even consider putting the captaincy on them, I can't remember who Sarah's current captain is right now, but if it's not the Lucha Bros, I think it should be. Yeah, I would say so. I think her captaincy is probably on Christian. Um, but in fact, no, our captain's Malachi Black. Tell I. To be fair, actually, one point ahead of Lucha Brothers on, on the overall, on the overall kind of standing for AEW. They're on twenty-one. He's on twenty-two points, and he mm-hmm. is doing well now. So I can't actually argue with that right now. And yeah. the fact he actually, he managed to kill the spirit of America with it when he beat Cody Rhodes. One hundred percent. The genie method of uh, the mist in the face. Uh, you and I talked about it in the past about you know, NXT and uh, you know, the releases and how that would affect people uh, picking 
NFT because that has gone down the amount of people who have chosen also do you think that the whole NFT 2.0 is also going to play a factor and do you think that will continue to play a factor you know, as we see how NXT 2.0 develops over this season do you think when people come in next season do you think they'll be uh, more willing to pick some of the newer faces or do you think they'll they'll be more inclined to go somewhere like AEW or even the main roster no I think there'll be an influx of new talent into the draft next season I think that people are going to be looking at I think Champa his stock has risen no one picked Champa this season no one took a chance into Tommaso Champa and he would have got 18 points without the captaincy on him if someone had taken that swing uh, but you've got to look at the likes of Broadbreaker coming in making an impact uh, as soon as he's uh, as soon as he debuts um, on the main roster you've got to look at new additions to Leged, Legado del Fantasma as well adding women to their ranks uh, you look at B- even B5 at the other side of the coin at Hit Row the members of Hit Row are in a prominent position in AEW and uh, NXT rather every week so I do think that with NXT 2.0 it was the right season for people to take a step back with NXT so they can they can see how things are going to develop and who are going to be that the stars of that brand going forward because I think if people were to have jumped in too soon with oh maybe I'll go for Odyssey Jones or maybe I'll go for someone like this it might have been it might not have paid off it was too much of a risk factor but now that people are starting to get a lay of the land of this new NXT next season will be the time to get some of those draft picks in because mm-hmm. right now with NXT the top performing pick is Johnny Gargano who seems to be also Mr. NXT uh, like you said I think like Samoa Joe would have been one of the top picks to go in for NXT going into the season I believe he was around one pick and then unfortunately he had to vacate the championship so one, no one, uh, one point you know what I mean? Only one point. The one person more than him, and that's Dakota Kai on a big fat zero. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you, know, you got the likes of Indy Harlan, Dexter Loomis kind of propping up, and not by much, you know, overall so far with any team. You've got to think, I don't, I don't think they've even announced if there's going to be a takeover at some point. You've got to think of October, November 10, there'll be a takeover coming. You know, my whole thing with Keely Ray was, as in, was present on her being a. Uh, her being the new like NXT Women's Champion at some point, but you know when Raquel Gonzalez gets taken off TV randomly, they'll report she could fight Frankie Monet with no motivation or sorry with no reason as to mm-hmm. why or explanation. So I'm worried that might have slowed down Kayla Ray's ascent to the title for me. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what next season is like, as you said. And if you don't put the captaincy on Braun Breaker, you're just a damn coward. Hundred <laughs> percent. I want a, a, a big team of big guys next season. I'm going to get Braun Breaker. I'm going to finally pull the trigger on Wardlow. Oh, you can't wait to see my team next season, Scott. It's going to be it's going to be incredible. Got that Brooks Jensen, the son of uh, Big Barry Bill Buchanan. Get him in there. Mm, oh God, Bill Buchanan, mate. Don't even don't even start me. What a performer. B squared. Uh, oh, he's on four points. He could you know be a bigger entity to Now he's got this big. Uh, he's got his bodyguard now, and he's got that contract for a title opportunity of any title he wants. And the after when the Baker tournament, we said that could be a make or break uh, performer for us. You know, somebody who nobody was really thinking about. But you know, if he mm. manages to somehow win a championship, then do have in the last breakout winner didn't win his title opportunity. But you never know what could happen. And yeah. as you said, uh, David, we've not really seen the impact of a WWE pay-per-view uh, this season yet but we will have one this Sunday with Extreme Rules and me and Jack will be on next week to talk about all the fallout <laughs> but it's interesting that we won't have you know any impact from Big E who's at the number one overall this season the WWE champion he's not Thank advertised God. 
Uh, Roman's part of a tie team yet again, so he's not going to get the same points from it. So, I think you can see the usual suspects, your likes of your Becky Lynch's or potentially Charlotte Flair or the Usos. Those will be the kind of top players that we'll be talking about next week. But, you know, we're just going to have to wait and actually see the show to find out. Yeah, 100%. I'm hoping that the Usos manage to get a big title defence there. Um, like Sonya will have her pay-per-view uh, appearances for me as well. So I'm hoping that this is the time, because you've talked about having an AEW heavy team, I'm hoping that this is the time I can claim some points back with a title defence and appearances from Sonya. Um, but the problem with it is that we've got people, like you say, Dave's got Charlotte Flair. He's now touching the top of that table there. He's, he's can't really getting himself in the zone. Stacey could pull herself up with Bianca points um, and Ryan Douglas as well. The thankful thing is that it's really only the people who can get the big points this uh, this weekend are myself, Dave um, and Sarah. Um, who said, I know Stephen has Damien Priest as well. So it'll be interesting to see how all this shapes up with title defences, title points this Sunday, Extreme Rules. I can't wait to see how that's going to play off. So, yeah, we look forward to seeing some WWE kind of climbing up the top of ranks of the season. And hopefully, Miro's still up there as well after a, a fingers crossed successful TNT title defence against Sammy <laughs> Guevara, God's favourite champion, redeems the so called Spanish God. <laughs> uh, but that is all the time we have for this episode well, thank you for listening to Saturday Draft Live remember this is episode 98 episode 100 is coming very soon and mm. if you're far behind on the last 98, 97 episodes you can go under our back catalogue at Suplex Retreat or a Gold Good Android Podcast where that be Anchor, Spotify, iTunes wherever you get your podcasts go check us out as well check out past episodes of Central with um, our brother Ross Hosting with guests such as David Campbell, Sexy John Isherwood, and many others. Mm. Oh, Sexy John. you got to love Sexy John Isherwood. I think that ESSR would be a better place if, you know, Stephen would just bite the bullet, hire John Isherwood, appoint him chairman, and then we'd all be fine. We'd all be fine. That's where I can see him, David. Uh, also, we got our weekly feature shows every Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, we've got a feature show hosted by Graham McRobie, all about the history of the Bullet Club. David mm-hmm. Campbell is sad he couldn't be on the show. Yeah. And we've also got all our YouTube content this Sunday, 7pm British time. Quiz Showdown 14, something to do with TV. I don't know what the official title is, but it's a television quiz. I, the Quiz Showdown champion, I'm going to walk, hoping to walk in there like Roman Reigns and stack up a bunch of fools and proclaim my dominance as Quiz Showdown champion. Mm. And you've got past Bucket episodes where I proved dominance over Jack Graham by trenching him in the Bucket uh, competition. Uh, with, you know, I don't think we agreed. Uh, Daniel Campbell may be a bit too lenient. We know who the clear winner of that match was. Yeah, 100%. I, I love Jack. Great guy. But yeah, you trounced him, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and keep up with all the shows, all the uh, YouTube content, everything else we've got going on on SuperLeaf3T on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or Facebook community page where you can get involved in Campbell's question every week and your answer will be read out on ASR Central. Mm. Uh, all sorts of stuff to be excited about, but I want to thank David Campbell for know, joining me again for Saturday Live and letting me host this time around. <laughs> yes, yes, it was it was a it was a great experience. It was fun. It was liberating, and I hope you at home 
got something out of it as well. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and have your morning whack. We'll see you soon. Shagashitsuzukeru no